Welcome back to Coaches on a Mission. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and today we are going to deconstruct what it really requires to find more coaching clients, 10 of them, in fact. So our guest today will probably sound a little familiar. Her name is Darcy Warden, and she teaches people in midlife the Rising Phoenix Method, which helps them gain clarity about what's next so that they can enthusiastically step into new possibilities to create the next chapter of their lives. So Darcy and I recorded episode 187 when she just began implementing my client surge system. In fact, she had just signed her first client the day before we recorded. Two months later, Darcy found herself with 10 clients thanks to Client Surge. So we are about to open enrollment for Client Surge on February 20th, and I thought it would be helpful for you to hear exactly what Darcy did to go from zero to 10 clients in less than 90 days. If your goal this year is more paying clients, this episode is a must listen, and you should probably grab your free spot for the Clients from Scratch workshop. You've got two dates to choose from, February 20th and the 21st, where you'll learn three paths to more leads. Plus, we're going to talk about the art of client-centered selling. You can register now for this free workshop at dallastravers.com slash scratch. And yes, it is indeed the world's worst URL, but maybe the world's best free workshop, who knows? So with that, let's take a look behind the scenes of Darcy's client search journey to 10 fabulous paying clients. Long time no see, Darcy. Welcome back to the show. (laughs) Thank you. So good to be here. Yeah, so you were our guest back in episode 187, and I want to catch our listeners up. So back then, you had just started Client Surge, and I think you had signed your first client through Client Surge either that very day or the day before. We were right on the heels of that. Does that sound accurate? That's exactly right. It was the day before. Right. So time has passed. You've finished your surge. We're actually recording this at the end of January, 2024. And I thought it would be really helpful to bring you back on the show to take folks behind the scenes of what it's like inside of client surge. So whether you're considering joining client surge or not, you're going to learn a lot in this episode, but specifically this episode is designed to help you really as the listener decide if this program is the thing for you or not. In either way, we want you to feel really good about that decision. So Darcy, thank you for joining me behind the scenes of Client Surge. I can't wait to share your journey with our listeners. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to share. So why don't we just set the stage a little bit for folks? We'll talk about where you were at before Surge, what happened during Surge, and then where you're at now. So before starting Client Surge, how did you feel about your business's potential? How many clients did you have? What was the picture like? So before Client Surge, I had clients, but I was coaching for free. So I wanted to just maintain my coaching practice. I wanted to maintain my own momentum, but I was afraid to ask people to pay. So that's where I was. And when I did get a paying client every once in a while, it felt magical. Like, how did that Mm. happen? And I couldn't replicate it. And it was so 
few and far between that I actually called my parents every time to celebrate because (laughs) it was such a big deal. Yeah. So my confidence was low. Yeah. I wasn't seeing myself as a honest to goodness business at that point. I can understand that. In particular for coaches who you coach around something that's so meaningful and important, but it's a little nebulous. It's the inner transformation that you're supporting people on. It's very different from like being a LinkedIn coach, right? Totally. How much did that influence your fear around charging folks? A lot. So I couldn't guarantee you're going to make X amount of money by the end of X amount of time with me. It's really a journey and it's it's an inner transformational journey. And how do you quantify that and charge for that? I was really struggling around those pieces. Yeah, I totally understand that. Okay, so you had what I you call them magical, I call them accidental clients. Oh, yeah. Right? They're kind of the best clients, right? Because they land in your lap, they're totally happy to be there. Yeah. It feels like you didn't have to really work for them, <laughs> even though you're working every damn day. But you mentioned it. It's hard to replicate, which can eat away at someone's confidence. Oh yeah. And it did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you started Client Surge. Take us through, I have so many questions about this, but take us through the journey of Client Surge. I want to know, because it's a bit of a roller coaster, right? So take our listeners through what that journey was like for you. Yeah. So I came in and I think a lot of us feel this way, especially when we're new into our coaching practice. Just tell me what to do. I just wanted like, that's why I was so excited to join into the hive and, and surge because I was like, oh good, here's the roadmap. And it's not that easy because there's a lot of things that come up. I was learning a lot about myself. So I learned while I was, yes, the roadmap was in front of me and it's very step-by-step and there's preparation and there's execution and there's follow-up, but I was resisting asking people to be my referral folks, my ambassadors. And I found that so interesting around, so what's going on there for me? And I'm very self-sustained. I pride myself on that, which is not necessarily a good thing. It was getting in my way. I prepped, I followed every direction. I recorded everything to record. I wrote everything to write. I had everybody lined up and the execution piece, I felt such resistance that I knew that that was the direction I had to go. And so the resistance was connected to what if they say no? What Mm -hmm. if they don't want to support me? What if all of the negative self-talk pieces started coming in? And I remembered, I think it was you, but I've heard this before too, don't decide for other people. Yeah. I kept telling myself that. Would I want someone to decide for me? Right. No, not at all. So I would just did it. I just, I went for it and I thought if this is a no, or if I'm ghosted in any way, it's actually not about me mm-hmm. and it's not about my business. It's not about my worth. This is my exercise to grow to grow as a human, to grow as a business owner, to grow as a coach and, and to dial in my messaging. 
Yeah, that's a big part of client search, right? You yep. are taking it to the streets and you're going to get feedback, right? Yep. Which is can be painful in the process. It can also be, it's all the things, illuminating and joyful. <laughs> but it's definitely, here's a secret about client search. Everybody thinks it's a program to get clients. It's really a program to grow as a coach and as a business owner, which is why the whole program, everything you have to do is completely laid out. You don't have to think at all about what is the strategy because sometimes we'll get distracted by that, right? So we jump around searching for the perfect strategy and we're fooling ourselves into thinking we're working on our business. We're not, we're just strategy shopping. But what happens when the strategy is so clearly laid out is now all we have is ourselves and a giant mirror, right? <laughs> revealing where there's room to grow. Yeah. And that's exactly that's, what it did. That's yeah. exactly what it did. It was great in terms of the confidence that I was gaining with every ask, the confidence I was gaining with every contact with a potential client, every discovery call. It was a process. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So fill our listeners in. How did it go for you? It went pretty well. I I feel great. I ended up with 10 clients. I mean, I was over the moon, over the moon. That's, that's above average. The yeah. average is somewhere between five to seven. So that's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And those last few trickled in post surge, mm -hmm. but they were part of my surge. Yeah. I remember Trudy in the hive, she surged and got a client. I think it was like a year later. <laughs> Yeah, so it was way too long, but it definitely has this ripple effect, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of the process. Before we do, I'm just curious, when you think about all of the tools, tactics, or strategies involved in client search, because it's lead gen, right, through three different avenues, then there's that whole process of once someone books a sales call with you, what do you do to nurture them so they show up ready to buy? Then there's the follow-up process. So if you had to pick one strategy that stands out in your mind today that was most helpful for you, what was it? And then I'm going to teach our listeners the strategy. I think all the prep work that I had to go through in terms of inviting my ambassadors in, recording the bomb bombs. I was in written form. I was in video form. And what that forced me to do was to get super clear on who it is I serve, why I felt they were a good choice for me in terms mm -hmm. of like, this is why I thought of you. I want to add to, I think the other part of that is the welcome series when someone actually booked with me. Yeah. Again, it forced me to get clear on what's my message and how do I want to connect with them. Right. That's really powerful. We just had an episode last week on the welcome series. I call it, sometimes I'll call it the butts and seats strategies or the show up strategy, but that is an area that most people ignore. We just use whatever template acuity scheduling or Calendly kicks out to remind people. <laughs> that's what we use when really that's the opportunity to, to build trust and to help your potential client already feel invested in coaching. Yeah, And you do that by speaking their thoughts back to them, essentially. So what I'd love to teach our listeners, there's a tool we use inside of Client Surge 
You heard Darcy say bomb bomb. You could use Loom. You could use bomb bomb. You could even do this, uh, like upload a video into Vimeo. But essentially, instead of crafting an email, you can record a quick video where you're either asking for referrals or inviting people directly into a sales call with you. And what this does is it just humanizes the experience. But it also, Darcy, you mentioned it, forces you to get good <laughs> at talking about who the hell you help and why it matters so much. Yeah. And when we have that down, everything else in your business, when it comes to lead gen, when it comes to list building, when it comes to guesting on podcasts or scaling with a larger group program, that becomes so much easier when we can succinctly explain who we help and how to an individual person. So that's one of my favorite strategies too. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I liked it, but I definitely used it. <laughs> All right. Fair, yeah. fair Darcy. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about sales calls. Yeah. So I'm just curious about, first, just tell us a bit about how sales calls were for you before you learned our client-centered sales call method. And then let's talk about what shifted for you and maybe teach our listeners a bit about what that's like. Yeah. So my sales calls prior, they weren't all that coachy. Like they didn't actually get to experience me as a coach mm -hmm. and we would just have a conversation and then I would turn into a very stiff, awkward person and ask them, do you want to sign up for coaching? <laughs> I'm just like, getting the EBGBs because yeah, I, I know how awkward that feels. Yeah. It was terrifying every time. So with the framework that you have for sales calls, which helped me settle in, once I really embodied it, it was like, this is a coaching experience that people are going to have with me, which is great because I want them to know what they're buying. I want them to know what this is about. And then, of course, there's that transition into the invitation, and that was a little rock. So we practice. I practice much as you know. So you tell us practice, practice, practice. At least like I think I practiced six times before I yeah. held a, a call. That's great. And I was able to transition into it a little bit more. And the piece of advice that you give all of us that I really took to heart was eat the fish and spit out the bones. So what was happening for me is there's the framework for the discovery call. And I recognized that I had to switch things around a little mm. bit to help it feel like it was more of my coaching approach. Mm -hmm. And that's when things like all the elements were still there, but they were just in a little bit of a different order. And that felt more comfortable for me, which put me at ease and it put them at ease. And yeah. so that's what I would share with people. Don't be afraid to tweak things. Mm -hmm. so that it works for you. Because that's what I did. And my conversion rate started going up when I yeah. did that. So take us through, and I'm putting you on the spot here so you yeah. can get as close as, as possible. What is the framework you follow? So you adjusted the order. Take us through the milestones of a sales call. My approach when I work with people is to get in touch with how they're arriving mm -hmm. first. So we get on the call and I ask, how are you showing up? What are you bringing with you into the call today? So that opens things up to really what's present and top of mind in the moment. So yeah. we would work with that a little bit. And from there, I could gauge, is this person needing to unpack a little bit more? 
What's the energy here? What's the vibe? Or is this person ready to think about the future? And I would play around with my people and just, Mm -hmm. I was really experimental. So there was a discovery call I had where it was pretty heavy duty. And I tried, what are we celebrating in a year? Mm. Did not go well, right? (laughs) That person was not ready for that. So I recognized like, read the room. Mm-hmm. and follow wow. follow where the client is. And so that's where I adjusted. So the elements of what's going well, mm-hmm. where are you feeling stuck internally, externally? What is it that you're working toward or what is it that you want to let go of? And then what are we celebrating? So that celebration piece would come later rather than at the top. Oh, that's so intuitive of you. So for our listeners, one of the things we start With the client search framework, pretty early on in the conversation, we ask what I call a future-focused question, and this is inspired by Dan Sullivan, where we want to take people into their future where the goal they're seeking to accomplish or their problem they're moving away from is solved. And what I'm hearing you say is you wanted, it's like you jumped and set the stage with a little bit of coaching and then came back to the framework and then back to coaching. That's so intuitive. I can see how held your clients felt in that space. Yes. Yeah. Because you also have us write a letter if someone's like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I learned early on, get each piece of this framework because they all work into that letter. And when I sent that letter, which is so powerful, Mm-hmm. They felt seen, they felt understood, they felt inspired by what their future was that they described. So I'm just reflecting back everything that they just said. So that tool, it's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, I love the invite letter for all of the reasons that you just shared, but also my husband, Andrew, and I have an agreement that we don't make large investments without looping the other person in. It's not, he doesn't have to get permission from me or vice versa, but we loop each other in for sure. So if I have a discovery session with you, I have an agreement with my husband. Even if I'm a hell yes for coaching, I got to go talk to him first. It's an entirely different conversation. When I have a paper in my hands outlining, here's what we talked about and here's where you need support and here's how my coaching fits in and here's what we're going to work on together. Now we're having a really constructive conversation instead of me just operating on my vibes. Like I really liked Darcy. It's going to be awesome. It's not helpful, right? (laughs) Right, That's what I appreciate about the invite letter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it legit, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So just an, this is something everybody you'll learn in client surge, but a simple framework, I kind of just shared it. What you want to do for those people who need to think about it, we're client centered. We want to give them that space, but we don't leave them alone with their thoughts because they will think themselves right out of taking care of themselves. Instead, we give them an invite letter that serves as an anchor, reminding them of what it feels like to really go for the thing that they want. Yeah. The other tool I would love to share when it comes to powerful sales calls is silence, right? It's so important. I'm not good at silence in general, but in particular, I can think early on before I developed the client search framework, I would 
invite someone to be a client, right? And then not even give them a chance to answer me. It'd be like, so if you want to work with me, that'd be great. And then off I'd go saying, either offering a discount. And I, I, have you done that? Where you hear yourself, it's like you're out of body, right? I hear myself doing this. And it's always something like, well, for you, it's this price. And I don't know this person. Why did they just earn a discount? Yeah. Anyhow, I'm either offering a discount or I'm telling them to go and think about it, robbing them of the decision right then and there. So for me, silence is one of the most powerful tools we have in our toolbox as coaches that makes us authentic salespeople. A hundred percent. And that was a big learning space for me because before anyone was even asking Mm -hmm. for (laughs) anything, right? Right. I was adjusting somehow, Mm -hmm. some way, and almost I felt apologetic. Yeah. That was the shift for me. And that's where I am now. I am unapologetic. I am all about the client or the potential client making a decision because they feel good about it. Yeah. And it's fascinating how the money objection, which is what I was practicing around a lot, was a big one. And I'm now much stronger. I think that's where the discount, like, oh, okay, well, for you, you know, we can knock off right. whatever. So silly. Uh, <laughs> and that doesn't serve. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve the client, doesn't serve me as a coach. Right. So that was a quick learn for me, yeah. thankfully. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was, you kind of mentioned this, but nerves, right? Hey there, it's Dallas here to invite you to a free training this week called Clients from Scratch. If you want to learn the art of client-centered selling, you simply must reserve a spot for this free workshop. You can do that now at dallastravers.com slash scratch. So during this class, you're going to learn three ways to bring in quality leads for free. Then we will talk about what it really looks like to practice client-centered selling. And we'll wrap things up with one of my favorites. I call it the British Bake Off Method for Sales Call Confidence. Clients from Scratch is happening on February 20th and again on February 21st. If your goal is more clients in 2024, this workshop is a must and you can join us for free at dallastravers.com slash scratch. I want to talk about the difference between pressure and tension. Because as values-driven coaches, the last thing we want to do is put pressure on people. We've been on sales calls where they applied a lot of pressure. That is not the vibe, right? right? But sometimes we can confuse tension with pressure. So the distinction for me is that tension comes from within. If you think about any important decision you've made in your life, you have felt tension inside of yourself that, and we need tension. Otherwise, we're not going to make a change, right? Right. Tension can be uncomfortable. We've got to feel sweaty and nervous. We've got to <laughs> kind of second guess ourselves. It has to feel like a big deal. Yeah. All of that is a healthy part of committing to changing. Yeah. Pressure is when you hear bullshit like, well, if you really believed in yourself, you would make this investment and all that kind of crap. But we get it twisted. If we sense, unless you have practiced this and have a framework, as soon as we sense tension, even our own, the instinct is to relieve the tension. And when we relieve the tension, when we relieve the tension, we rob 
this person of making their own empowered decision. So this is where discounts come in or over explaining details that don't matter at all or telling people to go and think about it and not even giving them the chance to decide right then and there. Yeah. So that's such an important tool. Silence, right? And residing in the tension because that's the thing the client needs to feel inside of themselves. Yes. Yeah. And me as a coach, right? Because tension is one of the ways in which change does take place. Mm -hmm. So being able to hold that tension in that call, but even in our coaching conversations. It's kind of the same in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. So I have a question about that. When you think about before, when you'd have these accidental clients come in or you'd have sales calls where you were a sales robot, right? And now, do you find now that, um, how do I want to ask you this question? How much do you rely on coaching skills whether it's when you're coaching or when you're selling, how do your coaching skills play a role in your sales calls? In a big way. With the sales piece of it, I ask more questions, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's tension and yeah, but I don't know if I'm ready or I don't have the money or I don't, whatever it may be, I'll ask permission. Would it be okay if we explore that together right now? And no one has said no. So I just ask more questions. And in that framework of I'm advocating for you to know that you're in the place of making a really centered, solid decision rather than one from a scarcity or lacking kind of place or fear. Just like, let's just make sure fear is not driving the bus and get a good sense of what's going on here for you. And whether or not they sign on, I've had, it's gone both ways for me. It just feels good. I actually feel like I'm, I'm in my integrity in that. And if they say no, then that's okay. Then that's a great, no, that's a good, no, I'll take it. Yeah. Then you did your job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The worst answer for me is let me go and think about it. Yeah. Right? Because then I really feel like I didn't serve that person. And it's interesting. I did have one of those and she ended up coming on as a client months later. Oh. But it was one of your follow-ups mm-hmm. in terms of, I forget what the subject line was. Like, oh, you're off the hook. Yeah. Right. So it was, you're off the hook. And she was like, what? And I caught her attention and <laughs> wait, I'm still thinking. I'm, yeah, still thinking. Yeah, I'm still thinking. So yeah, yeah, that one works. Yeah. So you mentioned this a little bit, but I'm curious, I'll tell you a distinction that I see between coaches who get stuck in client surge and coaches who persevere mm. is their openness to fixing their messaging in public, Oh, right? Because we can work on a dream client power statement. We can do all the avatar worksheets. We can run it through chat GPT. We can do all the things, but until we actually share who we help and how and why out in the world, it's only that that reveals if we're on track or not. So what was your, especially because the work you do, we mentioned it, this is important and it's transformational and it's not something I can hold in my hand in a tidy way. So talk a little bit about your messaging journey 
through client search? Yeah, it was ever-changing. So that was the thing that I really allowed for myself. I felt flaky at first. I'm like, oh, my message continues to change. But what was happening for me is I was recognizing when someone got interested, when Mm -hmm. someone leaned in and I was like, oh, this is feeling connecting to me instead of someone not really understanding what, what I did as a coach or who I serve. So it was a constant, I was iterating as I was going and I finally landed on something that was pretty simple which was, it felt like that wasn't right to me because it had to be perfect. It had to perfectly do all the things that would get people on board. And it didn't take long. I got more and more comfortable with changing my dream client power statement or my elevator pitch Mm -hmm. so that it, it was landing for people. So, yeah. but it changed. It still changes. Well, changing. Yeah. Totally. Because you're changing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if it's okay, I'd love to share with folks on a Hive call just last week, you talked about how you got 10 clients through client surge, but right now you have seven clients. Yeah. And I think this is so important. Can you just talk a little bit about how you relate now to clients graduating, phasing out, disappearing, and how that's different from what it was like before? Yeah. So before, I felt like a failure. Mm. I felt like I wasn't a good coach. They didn't want to. Like somehow it had, it reflected my value and worth as a coach. And everything feels so big. Well, now I have a system of staying connected with people Mm -hmm. and nurturing them. And my confidence is much stronger. So I just recently had two people graduate from coaching. They reached the goals that they wanted to in terms of putting a plan together and moving on. And it felt really good. It felt complete. I'm getting really positive testimonials back from them. And I'm excited about, okay, how am I going to bring more people in? Like what's so I already have some plans in the works in terms of a webinar and asking people for referrals. I'm still in the referral client flow piece. And those are a lot of words just to say, I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. I'm not desperate anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's so important because I think this is something that is broken in the coaching industry. This idea, this false belief that the longer a client stays, the better it is for everyone. Mm. Right? Because (laughs) if we're really doing our job, everybody should graduate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you're afraid, you, me, whomever, if we're afraid about Where's my next client going to come from? I really have to keep this for financial reasons. And those fears are real, but they cannot drive you forward because that's just broken motivation, right? If we're really there to serve the client and just like you, now you've got a system you can fall back on. Yeah. So we're no longer afraid of missing out on the money or being a bad coach. I feel like every coach should set the intention that every client graduates. Isn't that the point? 
That's the point. And I tell people Mm -hmm. that I was like, and I think I have a therapist, I'm all down with therapy, but I could be with her for the rest of my life. Right. Uh Like that's just how that works. And I tell people, my goal is to coach you out. Like that's what we're going for. So let's do that. And there are circumstances where we can coach people up. Like I've had private clients stay with me for six or seven years. Yeah. That's because we're meeting every milestone. And what it does is open up excitement about the next milestone and the one after that. But that's a different, that's totally different than what we're talking about here. I love that too. Coach them up. That's, yeah, yeah, that's great. I just want to share too, I think the other piece, and you keep saying this, and I just want to put a point on the tip of this is that client-centered focus is everything. When I take it off of myself and I just continue to say, what does client-centered look like right now for me, for this client? And it immediately calms my nervous system because it's no longer about me. That was the huge turning point for me. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about being client-centered, I'm curious if this happened for you at all. Sometimes we can mistake that as being polite and not Uh. rocking the boat, right? (laughs) So if I'm really client-centered, then I'm super cheap and I never follow up. If someone says they need to think about it, it's politeness rather than kindness. So we talk about this inside of client search, right? Doing the kind thing sometimes is pushing people a little bit right? Doing the kind thing is asking more questions. It is actually following up. And it's easy to confuse politeness for kindness. And then that is fear-centered. It's not client-centered. Totally. Because client-centered is brave. It's courageous space for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the difference for me. When I was not client-centered, I would let them off the hook easier or mm-hmm. I would not follow up because that was about me. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. All right. So here we are. You've got clients. Start- I know. I know. I feel so real. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I just remember meeting you and it hasn't been that long, but yeah, you've got a legit business on your hands, my friend. So what does that mean for you? What are you, now that you know how to find clients when you, new level, new devil, right? Yeah. Now that you know how to find clients when you want them, what's on the horizon for you in your business? Before I answer that question, I do want to just share with you when I did get that, when I got seven clients and then I got 10 clients, Yeah. I almost didn't know what to do. <laughs> Right. right. Like, who am I? Who am totally. I? Now? Yeah. It was a complete, I was like, I'm not a struggling person, unsure of what's happening in life anymore. Mm. I'm like actually running a business. And so that was a real moment for me. And I just want to acknowledge that because yeah. transformation and shift is uncomfortable, even when it's what I want. Yeah. So that was fascinating. I just wanted to share that. So my future plans now, I'm so excited. So with your coaching, I'm much more direct about what I'm offering. I'm unapologetic about it and I'm fun and I've got stories to share and all that kind of stuff. So I am filling my one-on-ones and as I begin to not have room for one-on-ones, I'm moving people into group coaching. So I'm starting power groups and I'm starting quarterly VIP days. 
And I'm hosting a free webinar this weekend, actually, just to teach a couple pillars out of my signature system, which again, that was way not on the radar a year ago, right? Like here I am teaching part of my system that is foundational and core to what I do with people. And I've got people signing up. I mean, I just feel like, yeah, let's do this. And I'll probably be hiring a VA in April. I can feel I need it. So I'm just slowly, I think that's the other piece too. I'm really okay with the slow growth. Yeah, because here's another myth. Slow might look slow, but it's so much faster than trying something for three weeks, not seeing immediate, like not getting to six figures or whatever crap you've been sold, right? So then you go and you start something else and then you start something else and you start something else. So you you could easily spend a year. This is the thing that breaks my heart. I see so many coaches easily spend a year moving fast instead of moving forward. Yeah. And it's, oh, the, so good. Yeah. it's the centeredness, it's the strategic, I'm using air quotes, slow, yeah. that really makes a difference. So if you look over the last 12 months, slow is the new fast. That's my declaration for 2024. I'm slow on board. really is the new fast. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I'm into it. The other thing, I'll, I just this popped in my head, so I'll just yeah. share this with you too, is I know when I got my certification and I had cohort of coaches that I was moving through with. And I've heard this in other arenas as well, but a couple of the coaches are just like, I just want my clients to come organically, Mm -hmm. meaning they don't want to put themselves out there. They don't want to be visible. And I've put a lot of thought into that. And that's not a strategy. I just don't see that. This is my personal view because I was trying the organic thing. It's going to be organic. And then I went into client surge and it was very intentional, very focused, very action oriented. And I got clients. And that was my realization of like, get over it, Dars. Yeah. Get out there. (laughs) Manifestation is not a strategy. It's no. It can support you. Yeah. It, It can support you, but manifestation alone is not, it's not enough. And it's also not client centered. It's not client centered. Right. So manifesting to me is having a plan, taking action and knowing where you want to go equals manifestation. Like it doesn't happen unless we take action. I mean, I'm just a huge action person. So I'm like, even if this is scary, even this makes me want to throw up, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I hear you. I'm so glad you shared that. So is there anything else you want to share about your client search experience or even what's happened, what's unfolded in your business in the last few months before we wrap up? Yeah, I'm just looking at some things I wrote down real quick. I guess I would say about client search, I'm just so grateful for it. I'll just start there. It is the thing that got me off my butt and helped me not worry about strategy and just do the work. And Mm -hmm. I'm so appreciative of that. And I've got a new sense of confidence in my coaching and what I do, because it's not, here's your result in three months. It's different. And even though it's, it is that way, I just feel so good about what I do and it comes through and I could go on and on. I think it's, it's a really, really great program that that got me the jump start that I needed. 
Yeah, I yeah. hear that. And thank you for sharing that. What came up for me as I heard you, oh my goodness, the world needs more coaches, right? Mm. And you can get your certification and you can practice all the time and do your free sessions with peers, all of those things. And it's different when someone is paying you to serve them and to guide them. And it's only when, I mean, I'm speaking in absolutes here, but in my yeah. experience, when it's a real coaching relationship like that, that's when your confidence grows. Before that, when you're given free coaching away, it just doesn't feel the same. No. Right? And I think that the world would be a happier place if more people had access to coaching, which means coaches have an innate and very big responsibility to be more visible so that the yeah. people who need them can get the help that they need. Agreed. It is such a great service. And I tell people all the time, I have coaches. Mm -hmm. I've had more than one coach at a time, depending on what it was that I was needing. And I could never be where I am today without it. Yeah. I know that. Same, same, Darcy. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. This is what happens when you do the scary thing, right? And then <laughs> yeah. you do it again the next day and the day after that. So I'm just really yeah. looking forward to see what unfolds for you in the coming months. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your experience with our listeners. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And if you are curious at all about Client Surge, enrollment is happening this week. We will put a link to the enrollment page in the show notes. But if you just can't wait, it's joinclientsurge.com. Thanks, folks. You're listening to Coaches on a Mission. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode inspired you at all, I think it's a sign. Please join us on February 20th or February 21st for Clients from Scratch. It's a free workshop, which will help you take what you learned today even further. Plus, you're going to learn a little bit more about Client Surge, which should help you see if this program is for you. You can grab your free spot now for Clients from Scratch at dallastravers.com slash scratch. I hope to see you there.